grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be, speak, give. That's our sermon for today. Three words, three syllables. Be, speak, give. Amen? All right, band, let's continue on. Who said Pastor Bob is the shortest and uh, fastest, quickest preacher around here, right? I can do it too. I can be efficient. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. I respect my colleague. He's able to put like a 50-minute sermon into 10 minutes because he's the professor, all right? He knows things that we don't know. But I'm going to unpack that sermon a little bit for you this morning. Be, speak, and give. It's great to be with you this morning. God has brought us together. He's called us together to be united as his people around his word, and I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful to be one of your shepherds, one of your pastors here at St. John's, and I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for God's work in your life, and I'm thankful for the continuing work that he's going to do in us as his people, as his sheep, as his church, as his flock in the years to come. That's what we're talking about. We're talking today about the good shepherd. We're talking about the fact that we are his sheep, that we are his flock. And I got to tell you, there's so much in these scripture lessons today, I I could talk forever about them, from the Gospel of John, from Acts, from Revelation, from Psalm 23. We could go all throughout the Old and New Testament and talk about this theme of shepherding. And I hope that if you have time this week, you'll take that bulletin home of yours. There's, There's other scriptures that are listed down in there, and you'll study those and reflect on this theme of the good shepherd. Shepherd. Last year, I don't know if you remember, in the fall, we had a big life group campaign, a sermon series campaign, where we studied the I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And one of those big I am statements in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I had the privilege of teaching that video lesson. I was able to dig down deep into the scriptures, looking at the good shepherd, looking how it was traced all throughout the scriptures. One of the cool things that I learned in studying for that lesson, for that video teaching, was that on the one hand, Jesus says in John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. It's awesome. It's powerful. It's God giving his grace to us. It's our guide, our leader. Jesus is our good shepherd. But I remember sitting in bed one night, I'm thinking, I'm not done with this teaching. Something's missing from it. And then I remember John chapter 20, 10 chapters later. Basically, Jesus calls Peter and says, Peter, you know, I am the good shepherd, but Peter, I want you to help me feed my sheep. Peter, I want you to be a shepherd in the kingdom. And so Jesus says to Peter in John chapter 20, he says, feed my lambs. He says, take care of my sheep. And he says, feed my sheep, Peter. He said it three times to match the three times that Peter had denied him. And I think we see in that reinstallment of of Peter, the reinstation of Peter, the the calling of Peter, the, the reinstatement of him back to his job as an apostle, as a disciple, as a pillar, as a leader in the church, we see something about God's grace that we often neglect. We often forget. We talk about God's grace so much in our lives as it's pardon. It comes into our lives and we're forgiven. We're forgiven of our sins and the eternal consequences of that and we are forever going to be with our Heavenly Father in eternity. But the other side of God's grace is not just that it's pardon and forgiveness in our lives. It's that God's grace gives us a place. God's grace gives us a a calling, a purpose, a standing, an identity. God's grace gives us power. 
to live the life that God has created us for? Are you living the life that God has created you for? I've been struggling with that question in my own life personally the past few weeks as these texts have been invading my heart and my mind and my life. Because sometimes there are so many distractions in our lives that they're just so overwhelming, right? We get so torn and turned and, and inwardly focused. And sometimes we need a, a reminder. We need an example, a singular purpose to strive for. Jesus, the good shepherd, said to Peter, he said, Peter, I want you to be a shepherd. I want you to help me in this task of shepherding. And so the good shepherd totally and radically changed Peter's life, and he became the pillar of the Christian church. That's the one thing I love about the scriptures, about how powerful they are, because we see hope come alive. We see flawed, rough, imperfect, sinful people, all different types of people being used by God for greater purposes, huge purposes, powerful, meaningful, awesome things that God is including them in their life and changing their lives. And I think that deep down inside, every one of us in this room, we want that for our lives too, don't we? Not only do we want to be pardoned and forgiven for our sins, but we want God's grace and mercy to come into our life to work powerfully so that we can live the life that he created us for. And God wants that for us to do. And I think that we can learn from Acts chapter 20 some powerful things. Powerful things about what it means to be a shepherd in God's kingdom. We learn it from a guy named Paul. We've been talking about Peter a bit, but in Acts chapter 20, we see Paul. And if you know anything about the book of Acts, you know that it's the history of the early church. So if you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are all called Gospels, right? And in the Gospels, it talks about the life of Jesus. It talks about his birth. talks about his death, his resurrection, his whole life, all of his miracles, his teaching, and everything. But then you get the book of Acts. That's the second part to the Gospels. That's the history of the early church. And in the very beginning of the book of Acts, you see Jesus ascends to heaven 40 days after he rose. Ten days later, 50 days after he rose, is Pentecost. And at Pentecost, we see the Holy Spirit poured out on the church in a powerful way. And we see Peter reinstated as a disciple. We see him preaching, we see him teaching, we see him healing, we see thousands of people being baptized and coming to know Jesus Christ. The church is growing in awesome ways, powerful ways. And then resistance comes. A guy named Stephen, a deacon, a shepherd in the church, he's martyred, he's killed for his faith, he's stoned to death. All under the leadership of a guy named Saul. And on that day, a great persecution came against the church and all of the, of the followers of Jesus, they scattered throughout the world, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. But God took that persecution and he turned it, he flipped it around. He made something beautiful and awesome out because all those Christians that were scattered because of the persecution, they began preaching the word wherever they went. And we see some amazing things happen in the book of Acts, things that we never really think about. We think about Christians and Christianity and we kind of see each other in the room. But in the book of Acts, the very first three converts after the, the persecution was first a guy named Simon who was a wizard, who was a magician, Simon the sorcerer. The next guy is an Ethiopian eunuch, a foreigner from Africa who is a eunuch. 
He went to become the father of Christianity for the continent of Africa. And then the third guy that we see is Paul. He was called Saul. He was responsible for Stephen's death. He was essentially a religious assassin, a religious terrorist. This guy Saul found Jesus on the Damascus Road. Jesus found him, changed his life, altered him, and he became one of the greatest pillars of the Christian faith. Paul, who was imprisoning, who was traveling around to find Christians and bring them to jail, he flipped his life and he traveled around the world to make Christians and to be their shepherd. Paul, a religious terrorist, he ended up joining the very religious movement that he was seeking to destroy. Paul became one of the most profound shepherds in the history of the church and wrote much of the New Testament. Paul traveled all over the Mediterranean world. He went on all of these missionary journeys, starting churches, pointing people to Jesus. And one of the places that he went to was a place called Ephesus. He spent three years with the Ephesians. He started the church there. He built them up. He pastored them. He shepherded them. He became so close to them. And in Acts chapter 20, we see him give them some advice. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says this. He's talking to the Ephesian leaders and he's saying, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds, he says, of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Apostle Paul is talking to the Ephesians and he's saying, God has entrusted people to your care. You need to be a shepherd to them. You need to guide them. You need to lead them. You need to provide for them. You need to care for them. I think Paul would ask that same question to us at St. John's this morning. Who has God entrusted to your care? Who is God calling you to be a shepherd to? If you're a parent, it's your kids for sure. It's your family for sure. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's friends and maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your classmates if you're a student at school. Maybe it's the friends of your kids. I mean, there are people that God is bringing into your life that he's calling you to be a shepherd to them. It made me think this past week and the weeks that we've been looking at these texts, it made me think, myself, who am I actually shepherding? Who am I encouraging How am I doing at being a shepherd? How could I do it better? Is there anything I could learn or know or do or be? And as you look at Acts and you look at Paul's life, he was a great, encouraging shepherd, and he gives us an example to follow. And if we look at his life, his life tells us those three words, be, speak, and give. Be, speak, and give. The apostle of Paul's life says, be present, with those God is calling you to shepherd. If you look at Paul's life, Acts chapter 20, verse 17, it says this. It says, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. He wasn't at Ephesus at the time, and the elders, they walked 30 miles to see Paul because they loved him and they cared for him and they, they respected his leadership. In verse 18, he says, when they arrived, he said to them, you know, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. The apostle Paul said, I lived with you. I am for you. I am with you. You know. And we read in the scriptures and we see that the apostle Paul spent three years with the Ephesians. He knew their lives. He went house to house visiting them. 
The Apostle Paul was present with them. Because you can't shepherd someone if you're not present with them, right? I have kids. My kids are my closest flock. They're the biggest flock that God has called me to shepherd. And if I don't spend time with them, and if I'm not present with them, how could I ever influence their lives? I found that some of the best times I have with my children are when I'm just spending a lot of time with them, being with them, talking with them, listening to them, sitting doing nothing with them. The more time I spend with them, the more comfortable they are. The more willing they are to share. The more willing they are to talk, ask crazy, weird questions about life and about God. The more I spend time with them, the more they're willing to share their fears and their hurts and the things that they're going through at school. The more they're willing to let me influence them and be a shepherd in their life. Can you think of anyone in your life who really shepherded you, who really guided you? They spent a lot of time with you, didn't they? I remember one of, my, the, one of the good shepherds in my life, one of the great mentors I had. I mean, he would take me to the computer store. We would go pick up hardware supplies. We would run menial errands. We would do construction projects together. He was present with me. He spent time with me, quantity time with me. And because of that, I was willing to listen to him. Be, speak, give. Be present and speak up. Acts chapter 20, verse 20, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be beneficial to you, but I have taught you publicly and from house to house. You see, Paul wasn't just present with the Ephesians alone. He spoke to them. He spoke publicly. He spoke personally. He went into their homes. He knew their lives. He knew what they were going through. He spoke up about what specifically they needed to hear. He knew their joys, their frustrations, their pursuits, their desires. And he spoke relevantly into their lives. In Acts chapter 20, verse 21, he says, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Paul spoke up. He spoke up about Jesus into their lives. A good shepherd speaks up and says something about Jesus into the lives of the flock that he's been entrusted. My closest flock, as I said a moment ago, is my family. God has called me to shepherd my family. It's not Pastor Nathan's job. It's not Kyle's job. It's not Vicar Trevor's job. It's not the youth ministry or the children's ministry. It's not Pastor Tim. It's not their teachers. It's not the Sunday school. It is my job. I am their shepherd. I am their guide. I am their leader. I have to speak up and tell them about Jesus. And you know what? That includes unpacking the scriptures. That includes looking at the catechism. It involves teaching things. But I think if we would look at Paul's life, we would see that it's more about an encouraging engagement with those that God has entrusted to our care. The other day I heard one of my daughters singing a praise song that she had learned from us and learned at school and at church. And I said, wow, that was awesome. I spoke up and I said, I love to hear you singing those praise songs about Jesus. I am so blessed. God has given you such a great voice. I love to see it when you're up in church and you're leading us in worship. I was speaking up into her life. I was pointing to her the gifts that God had given her. I was encouraging her in her faith and her service to the Lord. Speak up. Speaking up also looks like asking questions of those who are entrusted to our care. 
What does Jesus mean to you? What is your faith like? How is the Holy Spirit working in your life? One uh, Christmas, I asked one of my kids, I said, what do you think we should do to celebrate Jesus this Christmas? They said, you know that park that we go to over by Nana's house? There's a lot of homeless people there. I think we should go feed them on Christmas. I said, that's a great idea. I love your heart. I love how you're reflecting the generosity. You're, You're acting like Jesus would want you to act. And so you know what? We did. We went and we fed the homeless on Christmas, and my daughters were encouraged to give generously. Be, speak, give. Give generously. St. Paul gave so much of his life to those that he cared about. He gave so much to the flock. In verse 33, it says this. He's speaking to the Ephesians, and he says, I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. So he wouldn't fit well in Orange County, right? You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs, the needs of my companions, and everything I did I showed you. That this, by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The Apostle Paul, he worked hard. He helped the weak. He gave. But we see the Apostle Paul was willing to go even beyond that when he, when he talks about giving, beyond resources, beyond time, beyond talents, beyond treasures. He was willing to give his life for the sake of the flock that was entrusted to his care. If you look in uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 22, it says this, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going up to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. That's where all the persecution was. That's where Stephen was murdered for his faith. Verse 23, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. You see, the Apostle Paul, he was on his way to Jerusalem to give them a gift. It was the mother church. They were in the midst of persecution. They were financially destitute. He said, I'm going to make it there. He was determined to be present with them. He was determined to show up and to speak up and encourage them. He was determined to give to them generously, not just financially, but his very life if it needed to be, so he could be present and shepherd the flock to testify to God's grace. I think we see there in Apostle Paul one of the things that we learn as we start to grow up. We were put placed into a family. And we start to learn that life is not just about me. We start to learn that the world doesn't revolve around me. We start to learn that I am not the center of the universe. We start to learn that the more we try to put ourselves at the center of the universe, the harder life is. The more we try to control our lives, the harder it becomes. But we learn that the more that we focus ourselves outward, the more that we give generously to those that God has entrusted to our care, the more our lives have meaning and have purpose and direction for what we were created to be. We really start to learn that when we get married. We then start to learn it when we have kids of our own. We learn it when we're teamed up in in ministry teams and partnerships and serving and in life groups. And it all prepares us to give generously and sacrificially. Ultimately, in the end, it prepares us to be shepherds that will at times risk everything to go after that one lost sheep. 
That's what St. John's has been about. St. John's has been about that for nearly 140 years. I have experienced in my life, I was lost, but I was found. There were shepherds here at St. John's when I was a youth, and they pursued me. They gave generously to me of their time, of their talents, of their treasures. They poured their lives into me. They were present with me. They spoke up. They shepherded the flock that was entrusted to their care. Be, speak, give. Be present, speak up, and give generously. I want to challenge you to look for those opportunities this week because God is going to give them to you. He's going to give you opportunity to be present with those that need you. He's going to give you opportunities to speak up about Jesus. He's going to give you opportunities to give generously. And I want you to grab hold of them. I want you to carve out time for them. I want you to follow Paul's example. But I want you to hear his words again from Acts 20, verse 28. He says, keep watch over yourselves. Because the only way that you could be a shepherd like Paul or like Peter or any of the disciples, the only way that you can be present, the only way that you can speak up, the only way that you can give generously is by letting Jesus be that sort of shepherd in your life. By letting Jesus be present in your life. By letting Jesus speak up and into your life. By letting Jesus give generously to you of his grace and his mercy. You can only be a shepherd in God's kingdom by first being a sheep of the good shepherd. The good shepherd who took on flesh and was born to be present with us. Our good shepherd who says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Our good shepherd who speaks up loudly and clearly into our lives every day through his word and through his people. Our good shepherd who gave generously. John three sixteen. we all know it. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is present. Jesus speaks to you. Jesus gave it all for you. Jesus is the good shepherd and he's leading you to quiet waters, to green pastures. He refreshes your soul. He guides you along right paths. Even when you walk through the valleys of shadows and death, he is there with you. His staff will comfort you. His goodness and his love will follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Be present with him. Hear his voice. Receive his grace and mercy, and he will call you to be a shepherd that can be present, that can speak up, and give generously to the flock entrusted to your care.